Hello, speed freaks, and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I'm Stu, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris. Hello. You're really trying to make that a thing, aren't you? I really am. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, it adds a bit of zing to the introduction. Um, and we're not joined this week by Tom, because Tom um, is away. We are here this week to talk about the penultimate, uh, the, no, the final, the final race of the season. It's the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Um, we're going to preview it. Um, you excited, Chris? Yeah, it's... Australia feels like a long time ago, but it also feels like it's gone by very quickly. Yeah. It, oh, it's gone ridiculously quickly. It, it freaks me out a little bit how soon we have got to this point. It freaks me out more how quickly the championship was tied up. But Yeah, that also seems to have happened <laughs> a while ago. It happened um, like way quicker than we expected it to. Like I remember at the start of the season, we were like, oh, it's going to go down to the wire, this one. It's going to go down to Abu Dhabi. It's going to be really, really close, blah, blah, blah. And not, no. not the case. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that being said, I've even though it got wrapped up fairly early, I think it's been a really great end to the season, even though the championship was already decided. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's going to be a heck of a race this weekend as well, if the last few have been anything to go by. Hopefully. Hopefully, indeed. The Formula E was pretty swish in a deserty kind, deserty kind of location this past weekend as well. So, if that's anything yeah. to go by, then we should be in for a treat. You don't tend to get as much sand on the track in uh, F1 desert races as you did in a Formula E this weekend. Just gone though, because I don't know if you saw yeah. any of the first practice session, but it was ludicrous how much sand and dust was on the track. Yeah, I, um, I, no, I could see it all getting kicked up. Um, I remember yeah. Tom asking a few weeks ago how much water is kicked up. What what kicks up more water? Oh, yeah. A Formula One tyre or an, a big lorry? And I wonder if, like, I wonder what kicks up more sand, a Formula E car <laughs> or the wind? <laughs> because there was a lot of stuff getting kicked up at that race. Yeah, that first qualifying session was basically if you deviate from the racing line by more than a couple of inches your lap was done because you were just slip sliding everywhere on the sand yeah it's funny because um, that's the only time you would ever see smoke coming out of a formula e car as well isn't it yeah normally there's nothing coming out of the back of them <laughs> yeah um as we've sort of started talking about formula e i guess should we talk about formula e i think so i think that's a good that's a good that's a good way into it to it isn't it yeah so we had the first two races of um, season six uh, over the weekend just gone. Uh, actually, it was Friday, wasn't it, the first race, which was a weird day to start yeah. a championship on. But there you go, um, in uh, Diria. Um, we had, it was kind of, although he didn't end up winning the first race, it was kind of Alexander Sims' weekend, Um Considering he was a very, very late addition uh, to the grid, um, to the BMW team, after um, they kind of had to find a new driver fairly late in the day, um, after Da Costa kind of jumped ship. <laughs> Did um, they just like go to the IT department? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old, uh, good old Alexander Sims, who definitely looks like he works in IT. Um, and barely kind of emotes at all like he he just sort of exists with a fairly <laughs> neutral expression at all times like whether he's winning or losing he just always looks pretty much the yeah. same and has like not much tone in his voice man of ambivalence alexander sims wins a race <laughs> and is I like him a lot, though. he's great he's really cool he seems really cool to me yeah um yeah he picked up uh both pole positions across the weekend um the first race he sort of faded quite a bit in the last third um the bmw just seemed to eat a lot more energy than anyone else um which yeah in the end he sort of dropped from first down to eighth he finished the first race as uh sam bird made a what i would call a classic sam bird drive in formula e of 
not qualifying particularly well, not having the best of starts, and then just clawing his way to the front against all odds. That seems to be the mm. only way he can win races, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a it was brilliant to watch though. It was yeah, so it was a, so exciting. Such a good race. We say this a lot with Formula E, but if you haven't seen the races from the weekend, go and find the highlights online because they were two just fantastic races. Um, the two two newbies uh, picked up a podium as well uh, in terms of the teams, at least. Uh, little uh, garden shed teams you may have heard of called <laughs> Porsche and Mercedes managed to uh, pick up second and third um, on their Formula E debut um, with Lotterer uh, getting that second place and Van Dorn picking up a third. Um, what else do we have a note in that first race? Uh, Nick DeFries ran in the podium spots on his debut for quite a while, but he dropped back um, towards the end. Uh, Ollie Rowland outdrove his uh, world champion teammate, Buemi, uh, quite handily. Buemi had a bit of a shocker, didn't he, actually? Um, yeah. He retired fairly early on. Jean-Eric Verne as well was nowhere. <clears throat> yeah. Not Jean-Eric, Degrassi. Lucas De- no, was it Jean-Eric Verne? Yeah, Vern DNF'd, um, Daniel App DNF, Degrassi finished outside the points. Um, all the big names really struggled quite a lot in that first race. Yeah. It felt like a new order emerging. That it kind of did, of yeah. Actually. The whole weekend felt like a, there's a whole new face to Formula E or a whole new set of faces at the front of Formula yeah. E at least at this early point. Listen, other than the veteran Sam Bird, who yeah. I think Sam Bird, this could be Sam Bird's year. He got very... He had, the fun thing, the crazy thing, I suppose, about sort of this weekend for Sam Bird was that first race was like, like you say, it was a classic Bird win race where he, he has to really fight for it. And i tell you what, you're right. When he does earn, when he does race and he does win, he doesn't half earn the win, eh? He really does, yeah. Um, the second one, the second race, I thought he got really, really, really unlucky in the second race. The second one was another classic Sam Bird sort of thing to happen, which is he gets taken out of a race, which happens seems to happen so often to him, and often it's like not even he's he's just so kind of what's the he's word? He's a, a crash magnet, isn't he? He's a crash magnet, but he does he doesn't seem to be the one causing the crashes ever. People just seem to crash into him. Yeah, he does. He's I don't know whether that's like the wrong place, wrong time with him. Yeah, maybe that I don't know. Maybe we're like partisans to it. Maybe we maybe we see it that way because we're kind of like Sam Bird fans so we're just being fanboys about it and blaming everyone else but <laughs> I don't know I don't know if that's the I like to think I don't like think he has a ton of impartial. luck yeah he's had some really poor luck over the last few seasons and this having won the first race it felt like his bad luck came back to haunt him <laughs> in the second race when he got taken out by Mitch Evans yeah I'm, oh, I, 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 you, you're not sure are you you don't you don't you're not as convinced as me that it that it was all Mitch Evans fault you're kind of a, what, Mitch a Evans got a penalty 50- for that um which I I think was more of a 50 not a 50 50 necessarily but I think it's more of a racing instance I think he was being very ambitious where he was sticking the nose of his car but at the same time I think you could argue that Bird should maybe have known he was there and not turning quite as much but if, if you had see, to apportion yeah. blame it would be on the Mitch Evans side, I think. But mm. I also felt a penalty was quite harsh. Um, I feel like the, these tracks, these Formula E tracks, would be so much better if they just gave them a bit more. I mean, they're putting the walls in. Why not just put some curbing down and give them a little bit of runoff through those pinch zones? You'd have a lot less accidents then. I don't. Well, I guess think, that's like, the silly thing with this, isn't it? Like this was a track where there were wide sections, and there were areas of this track where you could run side by side, and there was lots of that, but. This particular point on the track was one where it was not single file, but it was close to being that. So to be attempting an overtake there in the first place was a bit silly. I mean, admittedly, Bird had been kind of hampered on the previous corner when he was trying to pass someone else. So, you know, if you see someone running slightly slower in front of you, you're going to have a go, but Mm. you've got to be sensible about it. Yeah. I I think you are right up to a point about like the, the... The apex. He probably didn't need to take so much apex. I don't know if he did know that he was there, but the I think he had the corner. That the, the the sort of basis for my argument that he wasn't really to blame and it was Mitch Evans's fault is because 
Mitch Evans was more than half a car length behind. He was like basically front wheels level with with uh, Bird's rear wheels, maybe a little bit ahead of them. And it was actually already slowing down into the corner. But he sort of, it was, it was reminiscent of what Hamilton did to Albon, actually. A little bit, yeah. Sticking your nose into a place that's always going to yeah, sort that's of always and going close to disappear. Yeah. yeah, it's just not a place where you can overtake. And Hamilton got a penalty on two points in his license for that. So, yeah, no, it's it's a, it's fair. Mm. It's a shame because Bird was looking good for a double podium finish at that yeah. point, wasn't he? I would say. I think he was looking good for a win. I think he could have pushed it. I think he could have got second off off even first. I don't I know the way Sims reason... drove that second race. Well, yeah, I, I he had no pressure, did he? I, think, I don't think Sims had any pressure. He didn't have the pressure of a really good race car behind him. That well, the, that, that um, Envision Virgin looks like a tippy-top race car to me. It does. And unlike most of the seasons, it's not sideways a lot of the time as well. Like yeah. That Virgin has always struggled with handling for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, it seems a lot more planted this year. Um, yeah. Sims kind of had an opposite race though. Like the first race he was in the lead, but he was using more energy than anyone. Whereas the second race he was pulling a gap and also using less energy, which is kind of key with Formula E at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So was it Sims' first Formula E race? Uh, no, he took part in the whole season actually last year. Oh. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, because BMW were on for a 1-2 in the very first race, weren't they? Yeah, Until they were. him and DeCosta managed to take each other out. Yeah. Um, so it's certainly not the first time he's run at the front, but it was his first win, um, which was which was nice to see. Um, yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, Degrassi, um, fairly solid drive um, to second, but never really looked like challenging for the win. Um, well, we initially had a BMW 1-2, um until um uh, max gunther was given a 24 second penalty after the race where they came with 24 seconds i don't know um but essentially in the sort of chaos um around the safety car he overtook a bunch of people <laughs> under the safety car essentially uh, lots of people went to take the um attack mode activation and he just sort of drove clean past them which I mean, it's the safety car. You're not allowed to drive past people. Yeah. Um, it, it was weird because it seemed like a pretty slam dunk penalty at the time. But it was after the podium when they decided on the penalty. So he got to go and stand on the pe- podium and get his trophy and then got demoted. Um, and that penalty actually took him all the way over the points, which is a real shame for him. Um, but as a result, Van Dorn got third um, for back-to-back third places in the opening two races, which is... Uh, very impressive for him, which means with the points for qualifying as well, uh, Sims is leading the championship uh, by five points from Van Dorn, uh, Bird in third place, um, despite that retirement in the second race. So mm. I, th- I feel like it's going to be a very, very close season. Like if you look at the order, if you look at the finishing order across the two races, it was fairly mixed up and all very close. Mm. Um, I- I'm very excited. I'm super, super excited for the rest of this season. Yeah, me having too. seen those two and looking at this championship table, like it, it is just all to play. Oh, well, I mean, it's the very beginning of the season, of course, it's all to play for. Um, the extra point for pole position, that's and that it turns out it is in each group. Not it is, not yeah. So it is this. It is the Sam Bird point that we thought it might be. <laughs> yeah, so that's good news. Um, apologies to anyone who has since fact checked that and found me completely wrong <laughs> no it's we were <laughs> but, um, talking absolutely nonsense yeah the information i had was different to what turned out to be um <laughs> yeah birds i think birds totally have a shout this season um to make you know to, to make some sort of half-hearted predictions <laughs> can we see bmw sort of continuing the good form all the way through the season I mean, they they looked they looked good in testing and they've looked good in the first race. So I do think BMW right now are looking like the ones to beat. Um, Mercedes and Porsche both look pretty solid as well. I think Van Dorn's going to be right up there. Um, Degrassi, you can never count out. Uh, Tachita had a shocking first race, but there's no way they're not going to come back. Mm. Um, yeah, it's going to be very, very close all season, I think. Mm. Yeah. And how many manufacturers is it now then in Formula E? What is it like seven manufacturer teams they have? Mercedes, um, BMW, we've got, we've got Mercedes, Porsche, Nissan, Porsche, Jaguar, Jaguar, 
and I suppose Neo are a manufacturer. Yeah, Neo are a manufacturer as well. Yeah, that it's seven, um, isn't it? more than Formula One by some margin. In fact, by a long way. Yeah, says a lot about the way uh, the car world is going. Yep, it certainly does. Um, still, other couple of bits of news. Um, not a ton of F1 news this week, as I'm sure you've guessed by now. Hmm. Uh, Artem Markolov, who we've talked about a few times, he's one of our favourite Formula 2 drivers. Um, he's going to be uh, competing in a seventh straight year in Formula 2. Uh, he's joining HWA, um, who are taking over Arden's entry. Um, HWA, you may know as... They're kind of a Mercedes sort of... I don't know, what would you call them? Like a Mercedes B-team almost? Like they run Mercedes cars in DTM. Although they're like an independent company, they run Mercedes cars in DTM. They ran in Formula E last year in the entry that has now been taken over by Mercedes. Um, They're kind of like what ProDrive would be to Subaru, I guess. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. They're a team that makes race cars exclusively as race car manufacturers but they don't necessarily have the back end of a factory they don't necessarily always run in form well they don't necessarily they don't run in formula one hwa yeah they don't necessarily have like backing of a factory but they are linked quite closely yeah but yeah i mean it's always good to see markov racing anything um markov of course being the person who occasionally refers to himself in third person in interviews which i've got a lot of time for mm-hmm. um so yeah, keep an eye out for him in Formula 2. Um, and h 3 as well. It'll be good to see what they can do in a, a very competitive field like Formula 2. Yeah. Um, so. And then the last bit of news this week, uh, Jensen Button has started his uh, off-roading career. Um, he's, I believe, lining up and entering the Paris-Dakar rally, um, driving a trophy truck spec, um, which you may have seen pictures of. It. It's sort of done up in the brawn colours. It's very, very cool looking. Um, he made his debut in the Baja 1000, um, but unfortunately spent 17 hours uh, stranded in the desert rather than racing, uh, which is a shame. Uh, I'll read you some of the posts that he put online about this. Um, he said, started well, passed five moving trucks and another seven or eight broken or crashed, found a really good rhythm of looking after the truck unneeded and hammering the fast-flowing sectors, uh, then heard a really loud clatter and lost drive. We'd broken the differential. The problem was we'd found the most remote place to break down, which meant we had to spend the whole night and a total of 17 hours under the stars. The only people we saw were other racers asking us to wipe, other racers asking us to wipe their dirty light bars clean. Um, fueled by energy bars and a fire that needed constant help was all we could find were twigs. Terry and I could just enjoy the moment of peacefulness by telling stories that always ended with, it's Baja, <laughs> which not necessarily the result they wanted, but... It sounds like an adventure all the same. Yeah, that does sound like a fun, fun-filled night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> must have been freezing. Yeah, must have been in the desert. Um, I've also seen some pictures of their nice white and fluorescent yellow truck, which was just completely caked in dirt immediately. Um, it's a sick-looking truck. Oh, it's so good. Not the best day before them, but I'm excited to see what they can do going forward. Yeah, Baja's always really fun as well. That's actually one of the fun things you can do to... to- get your motor racing kick actually over the over the winter time through january um it's always a fun one to keep track of there's always a lot yeah. of chaos at that race there's a lot of drama um people getting lost in the wilderness of the desert <laughs> that kind of thing roll cars rolling over all kinds of craziness yeah um, um alex rossi the indycar guy was uh, taking part as well and he was leading at one point and then he rolled it um and lost the lead as you'd imagine yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that's about all we've got for news this week. Yeah, not um, a lot of news this week. Slow news no. week. So, shall we do some storylines? Let's. I for... say that as though there's like a, a jingle or something for it, but there isn't. <laughs> there genuinely isn't. Oh, maybe there should. Now be. you've said that. Now you've said that. Ash will have a jingle too. As by Uh-oh. next week. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the season's now over. So this is the last storylines we're yeah. doing this year. Yeah. Hide your recording equipment, Chris, when he comes over <laughs> this weekend. Um, okay, storylines. So the first one is um, kind of a rehash of last week, but 
what can happen, in, what can change in the championships. So obviously we had a little look at this last week and it's nice to revisit it before the final race of the season. So very quickly, um, Verstappen is 11 points ahead of Leclerc for third with Vettel a further 19 behind his teammate. Um, Gasly is leading the battle for sixth, equal on points with Sainz and Albon is 11 behind after being, um, shall we say, punted out of the race by Lewis Hamilton. I think that's fair. Last weekend, um, 12 points cover Ricardo Perez, Norris and Raikkonen to recap from what we said last week. And then Toro Rosso are only eight points now behind Renault. So they could be, with a decent result, another result like the crazy Brazilian result, they could be in with a shout. For... It doesn't even need to be that crazy. Eight points is not a lot to no, claw back. Not. And the reliability that... they've had this season has been pretty poor as well, Renault, so... Yeah, yeah, I can I can really see Toro Rosso nicking that from Renault, you know? Mm. It'd be Which I think be... that's probably the thing to watch out for this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, that battle in particular. Um yeah. interestingly on the Verstappen Leclerc one, um if Leclerc does close the points um and end on equal points with Verstappen, uh, Leclerc will take third place in the championship based on the number of second places he's had because they've had the same number of wins now, assuming wow. neither of them win this weekend. That's who um, would have thought that that the Red Bull, one of the Red Bull drivers, had the same number win- of yeah. wins as one of the Ferrari drivers at the start of the season. You just would not have said that. No, not at all. Um, I don't know if that says more about Red Bull, Honda, or Verstappen, but or it's impressive. Well, yeah, all Ferrari. But, um, it's impressive all the same. Very um, impressive. And, I mean, Vettel will be desperate to um, finish ahead of Leclerc, but it's, that's a 19 points is a big swing for him to yeah. get past. He needs a Leclerc retirement, really, doesn't he, for that? Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he did get, he got that last race. But, um, he did. Unfortunately, <laughs> he retired himself. So Not much of a swing in points there. No. I think of the of, of all the things you mentioned, I honestly think Toro Rosso overhauling Renault is probably the most likely change there. Yeah, and it's a it's a good one to watch. It's a, it'll be a good battle to watch as well. They'll be they'll all get yeah. briefed before the race, and it like do not let the Toro Rosso's by. So that, that's where the tension is, I think, in this race, and probably the battle for third as well. Yes, Still. definitely. That has stayed. That that's one battle that has stayed alive until the end of the season. The battle for third. That battle for sixth as well, to be fair, like Gasly, yeah. Sainz, Albon, they're all going to want to get that best of the rest spot. Yeah. Cool. So next storyline, um, how will the Honda do on the straights of Abu Dhabi down at sea level? Because obviously we saw a Honda out drag a Mercedes to yeah. to the finish line um, in, in Brazil. Obviously it's much higher up and the as we've, discussed before the Mercedes just doesn't seem to have the same level of oomph up high up in the high in the high altitude circuits no um I read that this week Bottas has said he thinks Honda may have uh more straight line speed than Mercedes now I think that's Mm. nonsense personally yeah I think as you say being very high up in the mountains has helped a lot um I don't I yeah you wouldn't have thought it's going to do as well down at sea level but it's an interesting test of just how much of this is honda gains isn't it like if they can still be there or thereabouts this weekend that's a pretty big boom for them going into next year yeah big time i mean there's other factors at play as well we don't know what sort of damn force levels the toro rosso was running in comparison to the mercedes Mercedes no. could, being a more powerful engine could have been able to run a lot more downforce, which would have given it a much bigger advantage on the through the corners. And we saw that advantage through the corners. So I would dare yeah, bet like, that the Mercedes run a lot more downforce than the uh, Plus let's not forget that this is engines at the very end of their life now. Yeah. Also true. Yeah. Um so I do still think that there's probably a bit of a gap between those two engines. But you know, we can dream, can't we? It'd be nice if uh, <laughs> if they were evenly matched. It'd be very nice if they were all evenly matched, but I it guess would. you're going to have to wait until 2021 for a, um, well, not even 2021, because that was not going to be the case. But anyway, moving on. Um, can Hamilton end this season with a win? Um, he's We've discussed this quite a bit as well. He's kind of like, he, he's in the chill zone now. He's won his championship. He doesn't need to push quite as hard as he he has been all season. 
So I'm sure he'd prefer to end the season on a win. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I mean, yeah, like he he still does seem pretty hungry for it. Um, I mean, because he, he won the title in USA, didn't he? So he's obviously only had one race since then. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've, it's a hard one to call this weekend, I think. Mm. Um, Mercedes have got a pretty good history at this track, so you wouldn't... As, as you say, it just really depends on how hungry Hamilton's going to be turning up, whether he's already on holiday. Mm, that's true, yeah. I mean, if if the if the end of the last race is anything to go by, he's absolutely still got his head in the game, hasn't he? To, to be oh, drag yeah, totally. racing down the final <laughs> corner to the finish line, then obviously he's very, very hungry for it still. And one thing that I did see that wasn't on the world feed, um, it came about later on in the week, was that Hamilton actually sort of did a half-hearted little donut at the end of the Brazilian Grand Prix. Oh, really? But, yeah, but then seemed to very quickly realise, oh, this might be a little bit uncouth of me to start doing donuts when I've just punted somebody off the track. <laughs> so he very quickly oh, gave up that. on the donut. Yeah, very quickly gave up on it and then just put it into the pit lane <laughs> with everyone else. And that was that. But yeah, nice. he sort of got halfway round and then just came completely off the throttle. I don't know whether he like... I can't tell whether he was not sure whether to go down to the start finish straight and leave the car there and stop after all the excitement. I mean, you, mm. of course, you, you're going to be a little bit confused after that level of excitement during a race. Yeah, true. So I don't know whether he was thinking he should, he's supposed to drive it onto the start finish straight like the end of qualifying or just put it straight into the pits. And his he would probably say that that's why he did what he did and he had to turn the car around. But to me... <laughs> looked a little bit like he might be doing a bit of a donut for the crowd and then realized that it might be a bit naughty to do that after what happened and sheepishly crawl back yeah literally it was the sh- it, I, I, that's exactly the word i'd use to describe it i was like it's the most sheepish donut i've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life um so yeah that's a little fun bit of insight for you um next storyline <laughs> can ferrari end what has become a dismal season for them on a high will their two drivers get it together or maybe hopefully not two together and give them something of a performance in the final race of the no season? goodness knows they need it <laughs> i think no you do i think they're just no i don't think they do i i i, I can see ferrari being middling at best this race as they have been for the last few races to be completely honest mm. Do we do we? Why do we think that is? Do we think there's a there's a smell of oil in the exhaust of the Ferrari that's sort of gone away, and that could have could be causing this bit of performance? Quite possibly. Um, yeah, I just it just feels like they've kind of. I mean, obviously the season's been over for a while for them, but if if they were up to anything slightly, um, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. If they were up to anything sort of close to the line on the rules, even. They're probably just not bothering pushing it anymore, are they? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I just think they. I can't see them having any pace out of nowhere, given the last sort of few races. Honestly, mm. I'm I'm very interested to see if they do because this, in theory, at the start of the season, you would have said that this is a Ferrari track. I think. Yeah, you would, but then. As the season's gone on, all the tracks we've said that about, they mostly haven't won that, have they? Yeah, for one reason or another. Not necessarily always because they've not had the fastest car, is the sad thing. Well, yeah. Mm. I never thought I'd say this, but I think it's a bit of a shame Ferrari's season has ended up the way it I has. I think it's a real shame. I mean, it's it's been a good season, but it could have been so much better a season had Ferrari... Yeah got it together we could be yeah. doing this preview asking who's going to be world champion if they had yeah we could be we absolutely could be and i'm sure tom would be here for it if, <laughs> if <we were>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tom's taking his foot off the gas towards the end of the season he's done a hamilton so he's away, yeah so the championship's over he just uh, eases yeah, so eases, eases that just eases back into the bushes um <laughs> Next one. Will Albon come back strong after a soul-crushing podium loss in Brazil? Obviously, I refer to him being punted off track by Hamilton. 
do you think he's going to, how hard do you think that's hit him? Is he going to be, is it going to make him stronger? Do you think? Will he come into I hope race? so. I, I really hope he turns up this weekend and has already put it behind him. Like obviously every journalist under the sun is going to be asking him about last race still because that's yeah. what they do. But I really hope he's been able to process it, put it behind him, learn from it, move on and be concentrated on this weekend. And from from sort of what we've seen of his character this season so far, I'm fairly confident that he will be able to do that. Like he was obviously devastated after the last race, mm. but I do hope that he um, has put that behind him now. Did you know that he's a practicing Buddhist, Alex Album? Buddhists tend to be pretty chill dudes, don't they? On paper, but, it's one of the more chill religions, yeah. I would say. <laughs> so yeah. it, it it does fit his character. Like when I, when I read that, I was like, oh yeah, that's like not a huge surprise. Mm. Just thought I'd drop that in there as a fun fact for you. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> final one: um, Can Hulkenberg end this chapter of his career on a high? I'm maybe being generous to him there, saying this chapter. Um, I don't think this. No, I don't, I don't think that's being generous at all. I think he, he's. This is what he, the man's. You know, gonna have. He's got plenty of years of motor racing left in the guy. He's had a pole position in Formula One, so yeah. He, there's he's no had, reason why he can't get. He's still got it. There's no doubt about it. He's still yeah. Got I mean, the, he is. He just seems to still be well respected within the paddock, but. Like, we know he's not going to be around next season. Um, I mean, technically, well, he could the Williams seat, but he said yeah, himself he doesn't say. want the Williams seat. No, but um, I mean, you never, Chris, you never know, mate. You never, never know. You never that. know. But assuming he doesn't, I, f- I find it hard to see him coming back in 2021 or going forward. Not that many people get to leave F1 and come back. No. Like, Raikkonen did it, Grosjean did it, Schumacher. Schumacher did it. Mansell did it. Luca like. Badoa. <laughs> <laughs> what a list of names that is. <laughs> that is a wide net we've cast there. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I do think we're seeing Hawkenberg's last F1 race here. And yeah. I, I, to be honest, I kind of feel like it should be treated as such. Like I always thought it was a shame that Jensen Button kind of went away without him getting the this is your last race and he sort of came back a bit and then left again. Like it's always nice to see a proper end to a career. Um Yeah. I mean Massa got two of them for goodness sake. He did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um I I honestly think like Williams, I, I would, I really, really, really would not rule out that Williams seat for Hulkenberg. I think it'll get to the end of the season. He'll have a bit of a rest. The winter will come by. He is, I think, the better driver of of the choices Williams have got. I think the sensible choice yeah. would be Hulkenberg for them because they don't. I don't think they need a rookie in that team. I think they need no. I. Th- They've already got a rookie. Essentially, they've already got a a very, very fast rookie in that team. And yeah, fair enough. Next season, he won't be a fast rookie. He will just be a very fast driver in that team. But they need a proper yardstick to measure him against. And without... That's not what Latifi is. Latifi is not a yardstick to measure George Russell against. Nico Hulkenberg might just be. No, and and he's not like... He's not coming from F2 like a Leclerc it came from F2 or mm. like, you know, like a Hamilton or like a Rosberg did. Like, you know, he's, he's not coming from Formula 2 with that like dominant Pedigree, this, yeah. This, yeah, this is the next big thing. Like Van Dorn did the same thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I guess that the one of the questions, of course, is how much money would Hulkenberg be able to bring with him versus how much would Latifi be able to bring with him, which obviously, mm. sadly, is a factor. Um, it's very. I think that's the short-sighted way for Williams to look at it. I mean, it depends. I mean, obviously, finances 
must be pretty dire if they have to be that short-sighted. I think. I don't know. I'm not sure Williams are that short of money, though. To be from what I've, I'm not saying this for certain. From what I've read, I don't think Williams are like struggling financially. Really, I don't think that's the source of their issues necessarily. No, I think it's it's. I think it's more a personnel problem they've got. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. I, mean, like, I, don't, I don't see Latifi solving that problem. No, I, I think ideal situation for Hulkenberg is that Williams hold off on uh, announcing their second driver until after the first test. And if that goes well for them, he can go and knock on their door. But Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Sadly, I think Hulkenberg by that point will probably have signed up for another race team in an all different series. I can see him in World Endurance Championship or something like that, or maybe even the USA racing IndyCars. It's funny in the um he did an interview with Martin Brundle um last weekend and he said something along the lines of like uh, sports cars and GT cars have never really appealed to him as much as open wheel cars. It's like mate you you won Le Mans like yeah. what are you talking about? I know it's crazy um, isn't it? Yeah, I I I have a feeling we're going to see him pop up in IndyCar to be honest. Um then again, the way IndyCar drivers are getting dropped at the moment, uh, that's like a wild merry-go-round as well. I don't know how much attention you've been paying to that, but uh, there's a proper driver merry-go-round going on in IndyCar at the moment. So. Really? Yeah. I um, haven't actually been paying that much attention to that. Um, we, Yeah, IndyCar, I, I know very little about IndyCar. No. Yeah, um, I, I can potentially see him ended up there, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We will see. So, with all that in mind, with all those storylines in mind, would you like to hit me with a driver to watch, Chris? Um, I mean, no, from from sort of what we've said already, I think Albon is the obvious choice, isn't he? Like, I I really want to see him come back and have a really good result. Um... Which you know he's been having, he's been having a lot of. Uh, if you look at his his record since he joined Red Bull, it's basically all fourth, fifth, and sixth up until um, Brazil, obviously. Mm. So I really want to see him come back and get another result like that, if not better, for his last race of the season. Okay, that's that's a good one. Um, mine is going to be Science because he is. Is he, he said we said equal with science, didn't we? With Gasly, science is equal with Gasly. Yeah, equal points. Place. Yeah. So I think that is a spice battle. If Albon, yeah, is eleven behind those guys, science could finish in sixth in the championship. And I would love after the season he's had. He's quietly, as I keep saying, he's been banging in the results. He's he's got the goods. He's had some great races. What a great reward it would be for him if he could nick sixth. Yeah, I mean, even even if Albon finishes fourth or fifth, it's still going to come down to who out of Gasly and Sainz finishes higher in the points. Yeah. So it's it's, it's pretty much a straight on-track battle between those two for sixth place, which is always cool to see. Yeah, that's going to be an absolute banger of a race, that between yeah. those two. Um, and Can't then a team, a team to watch. Um, again, I'm just going to go back to what we've sort of already said, and it's going to be like combination Renault and Toro Rosso because for Toro Rosso to beat Renault would be an amazing result for them, and for Renault to lose to Toro Rosso would be an absolute disaster for them. Like yeah. Renault, Renault basically went into this season pretty much with the mindset that anything less than fourth would be a disappointment. Like they were targeting best of the rest this year, and they might end up falling two places behind that, which would be a real disaster for them. Yeah, I mean, they're staring down the barrel of sick for the moment. Yeah, they? they really are. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Mine will be... I, I think I'm going to have to go. I'm going to be boring. I'm going to have to go Ferrari. I really want to see... Yeah. Since, you know, since we would have said... Back to my point that I made earlier, we would have said... At, Points at various points earlier this season that this would be a Ferrari track and it should in theory still be a Ferrari track given where the engines are I mean you know uh, Leclerc had a brand new power unit 
for the last race. So uh, Yeah, he did, didn't he? I forgot about yeah. that. So you'd be expecting them to be pretty high up the order and pretty fast at this track. Yeah, it's it's. Do you think being the last race, teams are more likely to be taking it easy to nurse these engines to the end, or do you think it's going to be? Oh well, it's the last race. Let's just crank everything up, and if it blows up, it blows up. I think it depends on where your team is in the championship battle. I think what you've Ferrari, got to lose. Yeah, Ferrari. I think probably not going to be cranking it up because it's. You know, they're, they've cemented second place in the constructors. Their drivers might want to crank it up, but the team might tell them not to because Ferrari. Then again, but they've got nothing to lose, have they? Well, I guess they've got face to lose, haven't they? It's not a good look to have your cars blowing up on a track, is it? It's true, but I mean, what face is left to lose at Ferrari at this point? <laughs> well, yeah. That's, might that's as well underscore this season with an explosion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Just go, go for yeah. broke. Go for broke, you know? Again, it, it, all that info, all, you know, all of that does make them an interesting team to watch this weekend. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how that turns out. Shall we make some predictions? Let's make some predictions. <laughs> um, we've already uh, we've picked out a random driver ahead of time, uh, so Tom uh, could send us his predictions. Um, as we said before, being the last race of the season, we've run out of drivers. So we put all the drivers back in the pot for random driver. So we'll get to that momentarily. Mm-hmm. But first, we'll start with you, Stu. Can you okay. give us the fastest in Q3 before penalties? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to say Charles Leclerc. Ooh, interesting. I think you are barking up the wrong tree and I'm going to go Hamilton. <laughs> Very politely said I was barking up the tree there. I thought you were going to say barking mad, which would have been an equally... <laughs> Um, applicable <laughs> sentiment. Yeah. Now, actually, before I say that, uh, Tom has also gone Hamilton for fastest in Q3. Okay. Um, we do need to remember here that this is the last race of the season and there are championship positions at Ooh, stake for us. That is true. And what is it? You're two behind Tom and I'm one behind Tom. Is that right? Um, you are a point and a half behind Tom. Point and a half. Oof. And I'm a further point behind. I tell you what, if I lose to him by half a point, I will be distraught. Now, we have a decision to make here. We could either, because I've, I've only sort of scrolled to look at Tom's results one at a time. So we mm. could do what we normally do and take it in turns. Or we could enforce the rule we talked about last week of leader has to go first every time and just put down all of Tom's predictions before we choose them. I think, oh, you know what? The, the fiend in me is saying, <laughs> bugger it, let's just throw all Tom's predictions down now and we'll work around them. But I don't think we should <laughs> do that. I don't think that would be fair. I think let's stick to the way we've done it. I like your yeah, thinking, let's stick to, Chris, let's stick to what we've done all season. I'll just put season. it out there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll apply new rules for the new season, not yeah. for the last race. So Tom can we go won't, first we won't for pull this a Okay, Tom, go first for this one, and his winner is Hamilton. Okay, and then it'll be your turn next. It should be me next. Oh, see, that's a shame. I was also going to go Hamilton, but do I want to match what Tom said? I am. I'm going to say Hamilton. I'm going to claw some points back somewhere else. Who is your winner, Stu? Um, I'm reticent to say Hamilton. I, I feel like Hamilton has... He's chilled out too much. He's 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 gone off the boil a little bit. I know what you mean. I just I just have a feeling Mercedes are going to be very good this weekend. Mm. I don't want. To, I don't think it's a Red Bull win. I, I do still think. I think it's going to have to be Leclerc. If 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 the two Ferrari drivers can Ooh. stay out of each other's way, I think Ooh. it'll be a Ferrari win. I'm going to go Leclerc again. I'm going to go double wow. Leclerc. Wow, it's a big call. Um, first DNF, it's me to go first. Do you know what? I'm just going to end the season how we started and say Roman Grosjean. (laughs) A classic first DNF, it's Roman Grosjean. Who are you going to go for? Who was the first DNF at the, A, the last race and B, last year? Let's have a look. Last race, it was, last race it was Bottas, wasn't it? Um, Oh, it was. 
last year it was oh it was Hulkenberg wasn't it because he oh, got he was uh, hanging like a cow yeah he was hanging like a cow do you know what? I almost said Hulkenberg because it's his last race and that's the kind of horrible thing that happens sometimes in Formula yeah. 1 but that felt too hard do not darken my doorstep with those comments <laughs> Chris I'm gonna go oh, I don't want to say Nico Hulkenberg because that is way too cruel um Kvyat. Kvyat. It's another classic. Tom has gone Magnussen. Another Ooh. strong first DNF choice. Yeah. The, all the big names there. Yeah. <laughs> all the big names. We're all going um, for points. I believe it is your turn for number of finishers. Uh, last year, we had only 15 finishers. 15. I'm going to go back to my um, faithful number and say 16. Old Faithful 16. Mm. Tom has gone Old Faithful 17. What are you going to go? I, at some point, I have to do something different, don't I? You do. Uh, if I were you, I'd go. I mean, the logic would be go 15, wouldn't it? Since 15 last year, no one else that has picked feels it. It's low, the best though. possible We've one not... left on the table. You could maybe go 18, but there's going to be engines going pop and stuff. Nah, like it's going to be more than that. I'm going to go 16 with you. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, who's turning to go first on a random driver? Who is Sergio Perez? Is our last random driver of the and season? It's you to go first, Chris. Oh dear. Let's see. Perez in the last race, he came ninth mm-hmm. last year um, in Abu Dhabi. He, he came eighth. eighth. That sort of feels the right ballpark. Like he's been, his last um, five races have been seven, eight, seven, ten, nine. So that does wow, feel the right. You're taking this really him. seriously. I really, really don't want to come last. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even. It's not even winning at this point. It's not coming last. I'm going to go for eighth. Okay, Stu, what are you going for? I'm going to go ninth. Tom has also gone No! Can I change it? Can I change it? (laughs) No, you can't. Please. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. We decided. Um, So that is our final predictions of the season. Uh, As always, the the fact the form is already open as we speak. So you can go straight away um, to the website, backofthegrid.com to enter your predictions. Um, Or if you're smart, you'll wait until after practice because you have until the start of Q1 to enter your predictions. Um, (laughs) Even if you've never taken part before, uh, it's still worth doing for the last race because if you get five out of five, there's a prize. Um, And more importantly, we've got a very, very tight battle at the top of the table uh, for the winner this season. So be sure to all get in your predictions. Which brings us on to... Hey man, who wants to do the first one? I'll do the first one. Yeah, I'll give you a break. You do predictions. Um, Go for it. Drew Wright says, "Hello from the US. Hi Drew. Do you guys think that the 2020 season will be great hard racing from start to finish?" I'm thinking that with a major regulation change in 2021 and with as close as the top three teams are as of right now, it's going to be anyone's season from those teams. Um, And I don't think that the teams will necessarily be spending as much money towards upgrades since the car is completely changing the following season. Your thoughts? Great podcast. I look forward to it every week. Keep up the great work. Oh, thanks, Drew. Thank you, Drew. Um, Um... Bit, bit to unpack there. Uh, where should we start? I, I do think it's going to be pretty close from the start. Um, we've sort of said it before, but my gut say is the order's going to be Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull quite close together. Maybe McLaren filling in that kind of sp- yeah. in-between spot that Red Bull have been in the last few years and then kind of close behind. Um, but yeah, it, it, on paper, it does look like it's just going to be a very close race from the start if everyone can pull things together because as you say there's not a huge amount of regulation changes 
Um, if, if you look at how it's been this last few races, I think they have now come really close together, haven't they? Yeah. You would argue. Like the top three, and, and the, the, there isn't much difference next season. I think really hardly any difference next season, sort of sporting, not sport, technical regulations wise, there's hardly any difference next season to this season. There might be the odd sort of nuance change to tidy things up a little bit, but it won't be, there, there's no, nothing dramatic changing. So yeah, if you take that as a basis and, you know, take that forward into next season, then as long as no, none of the top three get anything badly wrong, then they should still be really, really close together. I mean, you just don't really know until you get to the first race in Australia, but it, it'd be great to see it, it continue sort of more or less like this, if not, them even closer together i'd say yeah and in terms of upgrades I, I, honestly like even though it's a big rule change and obviously they're working a lot towards 2021 they're still like if any team has thinks they've got a sniff of a championship they're still gonna throw resources upgrades all season um yeah. like a 2020 world championship is worth just as much as a 2021 and if anything i think given that the 2021 rules are then going to be stable for an amount of time going forward, I think teams would maybe almost sacrifice a bad first year of the new rules to then work towards it in years going forward. Mm. If it meant they could grab this last championship of the current rules. Like remember in what was it? 2007? No. Eight. Yeah. 2007. I think it was when, um, Kubica was leading the championship at the midway point yeah. and BMW said okay we're stopping development now we're concentrating on next season and they got absolutely nothing for it they went backwards and then they dropped out a year or two later whereas if they had really stuck to that season there's a solid chance Kubica could have won that championship yeah and there's a um, chance BMW would still be in Formula 1 as well if they were yeah right races. that could have been the exactly. turning point for that sort of mark in Formula One. We could be talking about um Alex Sims' first win in Formula yeah. One rather than his first <laughs> win in Formula E. Good, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's entirely possible. Um so yeah, I think the maybe the midfield and towards the back teams not so much, but I think the front runners maybe not quite as heavy a development race, but they'll still be throwing a lot at mm. it. Uh, I, I think say. I think they'll be developing as heavily as ever. I think they're so yeah, close together possibly. now at the top that any any advantage you can get if you like you like you just said 2020 championship is just as valuable as 2021 championship it's a championship and that's what you're going for every season you don't yep. you don't approach your racing thinking we could win the championship next season when you've only just started the season you know you, you, if they get halfway through the season and they're like well we're obviously not going to do anything let's throw more resource at next season then that's absolutely mm. fair enough and there's teams like McLaren that um that will have been doing that this season for next season. So in that regard, it, it it doesn't really make a difference in terms of in terms of the teams fighting for a championship. Um, what it does do is it will make obviously it will shake. It should in theory shake up the order a little bit. It gives the the smaller teams an opportunity to do something, interpret the rules a little bit differently, and maybe still an advantage using creativity rather than budget mm-hmm. and that is the thinking behind it every single time they do this every time they make these kinds of changes so you might see teams like Haas or McLaren or I mean not necessarily McLaren the, the garageistas that we always mention McLaren um <laughs> your uh your Haas's your your smaller team your Force Indias uh, Oh goodness! Not even in. God! Oh, it's the final <laughs> it's race. Been a while season. Still calling in Force <laughs> India. The racing points. Um, they might have a chance, and you know they've got a lot more money now than what they did have. So it could be that they have a better season next year as a result of that. So I'm rambling now, but but and also let's not forget that this is the last season where they can just throw as much money as they want at it as well yeah like as of 2021 in some form or another we have a budget cap whether it'll make a difference or not we will see but they can throw as much money and resources they want at next season and i yeah i think they probably still will mm. i'm skeptical of the budget cap i, I fear that 
a lot of the top teams will already be throwing a lot of their current infinite budget at that car. Of course, and that's yeah. going to give them the advantage that they need to maintain their position, unfortunately. Yep, absolutely. So with um, that in mind, actually, that could have an effect on next year because all the smaller yeah, teams true. will know that and they might give up. The, the, the smaller teams that know that they're not going to win next year's championship could literally put out a B car a beat you know a b spec car of this car's this season's car and you could see the gap get even bigger between the third place and the fourth place cars next year yeah it's true like a williams or an alpha or like a racing point could throw all the money in the world at next season and maybe move up a few spots on the grid maybe even nick like a few podiums and wins but then if that leaves them on the back foot for the next five years like that's that's just doesn't make any sense does it at that point yeah i suppose the only way it would make sense is if if they did sort of manage to break that top two three two or three in in position wise for the for the constructors championship because obviously the, the value of doing that to a team the prize money is the gaps between even second and third are so 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 huge yeah that's that true it can have a bearing on your entire your entire team for the for the next yeah, couple completely. of seasons so um, next, Sam Van Houten says, with the season coming to an end and knowing Abu Dhabi's history in fairly bland races, do you think that Honda-powered Red Bulls can spice it up a little or will Ferrari just pull away and that's that? Uh, also, we know that Abu Dhabi often is a damp squib, especially mm-hmm. for season finale. In your opinions, what would be the best track to have an epic season finale? can be a track from past or present. Ooh, We've kind of already covered the first bit of that. Um, yeah. I don't think it either of us can really see Ferrari. I mean, you've gone for a Ferrari win, but even then, I don't think you necessarily think they're just going to pull away. Do you? Maybe you no, do. I don't think they're just going to... I don't think they'll pull away. I think it'll be I, I think it'll be a bit of a spice race, this one. Um, again, I'm basing it on what we've seen in the last few races, but I do think there's, yeah. there's definitely been, towards the end of the season, probably Mercedes have taken the foot off the development pedal for this car, which is one reason why you're probably seeing them getting reeled in a little bit what i just really enjoy that phrase the development pedal (laughs) you're welcome um (laughs) oh you've absolutely thrown me there chris damn it sorry um yeah i think mercedes are probably taking their foot off the development pedal for this car and that's one of the things that's bringing them together so as a result, you could see, you could once again see three different cars right at the pointy end of this grid and all in, in the mix for the race. Um, really, I mean, we don't know. This is why we watch it, isn't it? We want to find out. We want to see action packed racing. You want to see different cars from different teams all going wheel to wheel with their elbows out, knocking each other off the track, wrecking each other's exactly. cars, <laughs> making a right mess of things. <laughs> now, that's not what we want to see. We want to see good, hard racing. And professionals doing their job to a really, really high standard. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's anyone's game this way. I don't think it'll be a rubbish one. In terms of what would be my favourite race to, to have as the final race of the season, that's a good question. Brazil was always great to have as the final race. I was going to say, I think they had the right answer for a number of years, and that was Brazil. There's been it's Brazil has the, like... It's the perfect combination of it's a proper like driver's track. It's a track you can overtake on, but it's also a track that can throw up some weird results. And I think that as a season finale, it just works so well so many times. Mm. Well, um, I mean, look at the last race there. Imagine if that was the last race exactly, of the season, yeah. you'd be like, my goodness, I can't wait for Formula 1 next year. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah, it leaves you wanting more, doesn't it? Whereas yeah. Abu Dhabi does often feel like a bit of a, mm, okay, there we go. Yeah. That's, that's over then, I guess. Yeah. Um, Maybe Singapore. Singapore could be a good one because it's a long old race and they do know how to throw a party. I think Singapore. Singapore is the first track I would get rid of if I was in charge personally. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like a party after the race more than an actual race itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can tell where my head's at. Well, <laughs> on on that note, Mexico would be an amazing one to finish yeah. the season in that stadium. Would be pretty incredible. That is, oh yeah, very much so. I think if you could make 
the Mexican Grand Prix a night race. No, I mean, A, no one would watch it because it'd be daytime. Yeah, it'd be a people terrible in, like, time. The, the middle of the Pacific, so. Yeah. But um, it would. That, I think that track would make a pretty cool night race. It would, actually. Um, Suzuka's had the last race of the season a handful of times. That's, that would be a pretty good one. Yeah. I just don't oh, yeah, see honestly, there being a big party there, though, after. It's all about the party, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it's Brazil for me. Brazil yeah. will. Maybe it's the era I grew up like watching F1, but Brazil for me will always be the season closer. Yeah. Wait, um, then what's Abu Dhabi? If if we've already closed the season, what's that? Just dead rubber <laughs> kind of... I mean, it mostly is. Unless your Renault Toro Rosso signs or Gasly, it basically is. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I could be with you on Brazil. <laughs> Brazil, I, I, I wouldn't mind a final... And, and they know how to party in Brazil as well, let's face it. So, exactly. Yeah, let's do that. Phil Mark says, I've asked this question a few times. Each time you've all replied, we'll see. But is this the return of McLaren? Uh, I mean, I'm tempted to say we'll see, but (laughs) it feels like it, doesn't it? It's, it really does feel like they have turned a proper corner and are going very much in the right direction now. Like, yeah, but they've got the problem they've got is they've got the wrong engine now. Right now they have. 2021 they you would hope will have the right engine Mm, unless mercedes really mess up the new rule set which i can't see happening given how good a job they've done of the current rule set yeah Um, oh they're getting the mercedes engine aren't they yeah as of 2021 so i forgot about that if i think they'll i think they'll (laughs) i think they'll do well to finish fourth again next season if i can do that i think that'd be a real result for them mm. 2021 with a mercedes engine yeah and i I, I do of, definitely and with the kind of budget they're gonna have behind them to put mercedes, uh, mclaren exactly, could be yeah. one of the teams that don't develop an awful lot next season actually if if, if you had to sort of pick yeah one quite possibly who you know pick a team of the field who could gain the most from maybe not focusing too heavily on next season's car and putting more effort into 2021 mclaren are probably top of that list because like you probably said, they yeah. are going to have mercedes engines they're they've got a good amount of budget that they can throw into next season car next se- into into 2021 car they've probably already got a decent baseline for next season's car anyway i can't can we really see mclaren fighting for a championship next season Pfft, no I don't think not so. next not, year. Not next year. Twenty twenty one. Absolutely. I don't see why. I can not. see them picking up wins in twenty twenty one. Yeah. So sure. Phil. Ask us that one again in twelve months' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make a note. Put it in your calendar now. Um and then finally, Victor Ernst says, What are your plans during the winter break? Um Ooh. I assume he means the podcast, not just us personally. Yeah. Um, Got a couple of snowboarding trips planned. I'm off to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously we will, in the coming weeks, do a proper season review at some point, which in previous years has gone across a couple of episodes, hasn't it? So that'll definitely yes. take up a few weeks. Um, we will, once we have the uh, full grid for next season, by which I mean we find out whether Williams have signed Latifi or Hockenberg, <laughs> um, we'll do an episode where we uh, go back over our grid predictions, um, which is always good fun to do stuff like that. Um, we've also got Formula E. That's going to be back uh, January 18th is the next race. So I'm sure we will do something to cover that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and bef- honestly, before we know it, we'll start getting new news coming out for next season. It'll be car launches and testing before you know it. Yeah. Um, I think we will we definitely still probably, be around. Yeah, and if we can get any guests or anything like that to come and come and talk to us, you know, it'd be nice to do some couple of bits like that this season. So if you're, yep, get some people in over the winter break. Yeah, if if you're a listener and you're um, you work in sort of anything you think might be interesting to talk about motorsport related on uh you know and you'd like to be on the podcast give us a shout we might yeah be, let's might know be able to uh sort something out always nice to have a voice that's not one of ours <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah we'll definitely still be around we'll probably take a couple of weeks off around christmas and new year um, yeah definitely it's a long season 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he very much is. Uh, and that is the end of the inbox. That is, and that does bring us to the end of the episode. So um, you can like, share, and subscribe to the podcast, and please do because it, it people you you hear every piece of media you watch is like, share, subscribe. But honestly, it makes a massive difference. So please do. It does. Um, you can find us on Facebook by searching for Back of the Grid. You can do the same thing and find us on Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Back of the Grid F1. And we have a website, it's backofthegrid.com, where you can submit your predictions um, and make sure you do because you can still win something even if it's even if you haven't entered before and you're not going for the championship, you can still win if you get a clean sweep. That's it. That's it for this week. Um, so join us next week when we'll be reviewing the final race of the season. Um, wild. It's absolutely wild. The final race of the season. And yeah, we'll see you then. So goodbye. Bye, everyone. I'd say you got maybe three quarters of the way through that outro before I remembered I was the one who had to press the button to play the music and had a panic <laughs> while I found which button it was. For a second there, I thought you were going to say, I'd say you got three quarters of the social right there. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them were completely wrong. It's three quarters of a good outro, the rest of it is garbage. <laughs>